Hello and welcome to this episode in which we'll be having a look at the Weimar Constitution. So, where we were left off talking about Germany last, that being the revolution at the end of the war and the Kaiser done a runner on the 9th of November, and so we have a new state being born out of the ashes of the old. And as with any state like America or France, the first thing they do is they sit down, they write a rule book on how they're going to do it. Um, and they, they, they produce something that's quite unusual. It's very democratic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Cool. It, is, it is, broadly speaking, it's probably the most democratic constitution that's ever been drawn up anyway, certainly for this period of history. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, the key aspects, uh, the key democratic aspects, are of course, proportional representation, yeah. which give an accurate account in Parliament of the votes cast. So this is this is very important point because a lot of voting systems are very unfair. The one we use in this country, for example, mm-hmm. is first past the post, and whoever gets the most votes in any constituency wins. Well, that's fine, except let's say that fifty thousand people vote for party A and 30,000 people vote for Party B, and 40,000 people vote for Party C, well, Party A wins because they got 50,000. The only problem is 70,000 people didn't vote for Party A, and their votes have been totally ignored. Well, I'll go further. 70,000 people voted against Party A, and that is most of our constituencies. So what you find with the idea of proportional representation, which is you get 5% of the vote, you get 5% of the seats in the Reichstag. It means that every vote counts, every voice is heard. And that you don't get much more democratic than that. No, and, and that is indeed the current system in most of our European allies. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we'll, we'll pick up later on, because that does cause a problem. Mm-hmm. But we'll come to that later on. And the other thing is, who's voting? Because this is a, a world in which women over the age of 20 with some property have just got the vote in the UK. Women don't have the vote in America. But here in Weimar, they say that everybody over the age of 20 has the vote. On equal terms, yeah. It's over the age of 30 for the women, wasn't it? Yeah. In 1918. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that in itself is, again, a big step, this universal suffrage... They're the first ones to bring that in. So the actual structure here then, at the top, because the Kaiser's now gone, so we need a new head of state. Uh-huh. So we replace him with the president. With the president, um, Eber, in the uh, first instance. And the president is uh, elected. Indeed. And the president is elected on a seven-year cycle. Uh-huh. And that's been set to make it separate to the Reichstag elections, which are supposed to happen every four years. Yeah, in theory. In theory. Um, However, uh, the Reichstag can be dissolved and a new election called uh, if the president wants to. Indeed, yeah. Yeah. Um, So you've got the Reichstag, which is elected through this this system of proportional representation. You've got the president, who then appoints the chancellor. Mm -hmm. And the chancellor is supposed to lead the Reichstag. And the Chancellor appoints his ministers who are in charge of all the various portfolios. You have a Minister of Defence, a Minister of the Interior, etc. etc. Et et and they come up with the, the laws which are taken to the Reichstag and you have to get the support of the Reichstag in order to get your laws through. As with most parliamentary systems, yeah. and the key difference between the Wilhelmin system is that laws had to have the support 
of the Reichstag, of the Parliament, mm -hmm. in order to happen, or bills in order to become laws. Whereas, of course, the Kaiser and the Chancellor had could previously have ignored the will of the Reichstag mm -hmm. completely and quite legally. Yeah. Now, this is great because it does mean that votes cast by the very democratic electorate yeah. do translate into laws. Yeah. If the Chancellor can command support in the Reichstag. And he needs over 50%. Mm -hmm. And the problem there comes from proportional representation. Indeed. Because the problem with proportional representation is because every vote counts, it leads to a splintering of the vote. It leads to a proliferation of small parties, special interest parties. Mm -hmm. I think my personal favourite is, if, if I can just get this right, there is a Bavarian Workers' Party, a Workers' Party of Bavaria. That's right, yeah. There is, <laughs> yeah. And it, it literally <coughs> splinters down into these very small special interest groups. And they won't cooperate with each other. It puts you in mind of the life of Brian. Yeah. So you have you have all of these little little groups. You get these big blocks who work with each other. A lot of the nationalist parties will tend to team up and work together. Uh -huh. But the problem there is that the single biggest block and the block from which the Chancellor's largely drawn, certainly to start with, is from the Social Democrats. And the nationalists won't work with the Social Democrats. Of course and not. And the Communists won't work with the Social Democrats because they're not far enough to the left. Mm -hmm. The extreme nationalists won't work with the Social Democrats and won't talk to the Communists, won't even look at them, and they're not particularly fond of the nationalists either. So you get this deadlock, this inability to get anything done. You do. I, I think, in general, what you have is a, a very democratic system which would potentially work well in an age of harmony. Yes. But this is the age of wars and revolutions. Yeah. Of, of conflicting ideologies. Mm. This is the age where we have the birth of fascism, national socialism, the flourishing of communism. Yeah. Opposites. And, and the, the, the other thing is that this has been put into place in a country which is broken. Because Germany, coming out of the First World War, is a wreck. And mm -hmm. there is, as we'll discuss in the next episode, there is no political harmony. There is no stability. And this system would work brilliantly if you were stable. But in a time of crisis, it can't find an equilibrium. Well, right. In a, in a time of ideological opposites, wedded to a time of economic total devastation. Yeah. And a complete change of routine for the German people. Absolutely. German people have only known autocratic government. Yeah. Let's be fair, it's been very successful for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're now faced with an experiment in democracy. Yeah. They're Which, not wedded to democracy. Not, not at all. Let's give it no. a go. Let's try, see, and, see what it works and out. And what they see is they see chaos and disorder. Absolutely. And their response to that we'll pick up in a minute. But while we're on the constitutional issues... It's worth saying that there is a method for the president to deal with this deadlock. Ah, yes, there is. <laughs> and that method is called? Article 48. Article 48. Explain to us what Article 48 is. Now, Article 48 allows the president to effectively suspend a democracy and rule by emergency decree if he sees fit to deem a national emergency. And, and who decides if it's a national emergency? 
Well, ultimately, the president. Ah, right, OK. So the president decides it's a national emergency and then suspends democracy and then can just pass laws over. I can't say that's going to cause any problems whatsoever. That's that's fine. That's no, I, I no, I agree with you. Of course, that couldn't possibly cause any problems. No, that's going to be absolutely fine. Uh, so, overall, what what are we going to say here? What's the key takeaways? The Constitution is oh, and there's one thing we've forgotten. Sorry, which is that Germany is federal. Weimar is federal, so oh, yeah. it has laws in the states which aren't necessarily the same as the national laws. And so you get the states with a certain level of independence. And again, that, although democratic, and probably the only way you can really run a country that mm, big, as we so. see in America. Indeed. But again, it doesn't exactly add to a feeling of stability and cohesion in this coming out of the war wreckage. No, and really the only point I was going to make here is that in the shock of the First World War, yeah. in the anarchy of not knowing where we're going or what's happening, there is to some extent a reactionary um, harking back to Definitely. regionalism. Definitely. So Germany's recent history does kick in yeah, in a yeah. big way, and that's not helped by the by the federal nature of the constitution however i do agree with you i can't see how they could have done any anything different, different now so the, the key takeaways here is it's very democratic possibly too democratic for a country that's not used to democracy at that time in history yeah i, I think it's it's sort of like running before you can walk is that fair to say and it it's stored up two major problems for the future the two major problems being proportional representation and Article 48. And Article 48. So hopefully that's given you a good overview of the Constitution. Listen closely to that one and then start listening to the other episodes on what actually happens during the Weimar period. Thank you very much for listening. Good luck in your exams.